on, we can take them! It's a long way. Toss me! What? I cannot jump the distance and have to toss me! Don't tell the elf. Not a word. Welcome to the Mad Max Minute. Certainty of death? Small chance of success? What are we waiting for? This is Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, one minute at a time. I'm Rick. And I'm Julia. And today we're talking about Minute 90, which begins with Auntie shouting for Blackfinger to disconnect the caboose. And it ends with Ironbar trying to pull Master away from the children. Wrapping up this week with us, ready to answer the lit beacons of Minas Tirith, are Cassandra Fredrickson and Norman Mitchell from the Lord of the Rings Minute. Hello. Well, you do need people of expertise on this mission quest quest thing. Thing. Have you guys appreciated my little intros this week? Yes, yes. every single time. <laughs> sure. I went with a theme. <laughs> I don't know how you come up with them. Every week, they're funny. You want to know my secret? I had three tabs open. One for Fellowship, <laughs> one for Two Towers, and one for Return of the King with go. the quotes page open. And I was just scrubbing through, trying to find applicable ones. <laughs> and you quoted... See what, what did you what did yeah. you do on Monday? Fellowship. Well, what was the quote on Monday? It was um it was Boromir, and then yeah, yeah and then Wednesday was Saruman, mm-hmm. and today is Gimli. <laughs> Too fun. We might as well get into this minute at hand. I delightfully mentioned off mic, and I really probably should have saved it for being on mic. That this is the second time that we've had you on for minute ninety of a movie. This time around, we are not five minutes away from wrapping up the entire thing, though. We actually still have about 15, 17 minutes left to go (laughs) actual movie, so we're not sticking you right here at the end. But we start off this minute with Savannah helping Skyfish get onto the engine as Auntie shouts down at Blackfinger to pull the pin. Pull the pin! This poor guy is trying (laughs) to hold the train together. It's his... Such a strange situation. So, obviously, you've got to get people off of the caboose onto the engine to get them away from the bad people, and Savannah's doing a really good job of helping people. I find it a little weird that Master is the most important person that they're trying to keep everybody away from, and yet he's the last one to go from the caboose to the engine. And it's probably because he's, like, old, and he's like, No, I'm old. Let the children go first. I'm a kindly old man who abuses my simple-minded helper son adopted person. Well, from Savannah's point of view, is Master the most important person here? Yeah, I don't think these kids understand that these folks are chasing them specifically to get to Master. Mm. No, they're just scared kids, so they're just trying to get away. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And Savannah, I think it's pretty reasonable that she would prioritize her own family above this stranger who has caused them nothing but grief. The only inkling they have that these aggressors are going after Master specifically is when they first burst through that window and the guard went straight for Master. It was that whole thing where Eddie was like, they've got the man. Yeah, 
And he called him the man. They don't have any idea who this person is. Yeah. What was his name? I think Master's real name is Elvis something or other. (laughs) Elvis Ford. Elvis Ford. Yep. I love everyone's names in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Savannah, Skyfish, Iron Bar, Elvis Elvis Ford, Ford. (laughs) Auntie. Auntie knows that they are going out the front of the caboose. She probably assumes that they're going to be jumping ship. And so she shouts down to Blackfinger to pull the pin in an effort to cut off Savannah and the kids from the engine. It's a good plan. It's just she doesn't know how far along they've gotten in that idea. Mm -hmm. She just calls for it. Yeah, she doesn't know how close they are to getting over onto the engine. Yeah. But like, why does he drop? Like, why have him drop down and hold the, the caboose together? Oh, before we talk about holding the train together, I want to talk about getting the train apart because this is a very simple mechanism. It's one pin, couple sheets of iron holding the whole thing together and Blackfinger pulls that pin just up and out. And I feel like it should be a lot more difficult. Yeah. No, you should not be able to do that that easily while it's in motion (laughs) because it would have pressure on both sides. It would have pressure all the way around it, around a a pin like that, Mm -hmm. from the two holes that it sits in up against it from the train pulling. Yeah. So it would be sealed in there tight. Unless that caboose has an engine that we can't see, all of the force of the engine pulling on that caboose is focused on that tiny little pin. And I mean, steel and iron... They have really high shearing capacities. It's not like the whole thing would just get cut from the holes that it's stuck through. But there's no way, unless Blackfinger is secretly Hulk-powered or something <laughs> like that. Maybe the Blackfinger got blasted with gamma radiation, and even though he doesn't get big and green, he still has super strength. Well, then he shouldn't have been so afraid of Max's booby trap. <laughs> he hasn't lost his human fear response. Yeah. <laughs> Plus... You could be super strong and not invulnerable. Think of Jessica Jones in the Netflix show. She's super strong, but she's not bulletproof. And Luke Cage is bulletproof, but nowhere near as strong as other strong characters in Marvel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Iron Bar is the Luke Cage and Blackfinger is the Jessica Jones. (laughs) Yes. Complete with romance. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that would make the collector the blob. (laughs) (laughs) oh that's not nice rick he's an old man (laughs) anyway norman as you mentioned auntie rounds the corner of the caboose sees just how far along these kids are in their escape and then shouts down to blackfinger to hold it hold it hold it which prompts blackfinger to reach out with his entire body and grab onto these very conveniently located handles on the end of the engine they're like bike handlebars (laughs) Yeah, they're specifically engineered from the looks of it to be held on to. But why? And then I don't know where he hooks his feet, but... Is this a regular occurrence? There's got to be some sort of explanation for it. Okay, not that this is plausible, but this is what I am imagining in my head. Is that when the train piece, car, is not being powered by anything and it needs to be moved around. (laughs) They push it like a shopping cart? Yes. Yes. Which, which is not plausible, but that's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Maybe there's another set of handlebars at the base of the, the caboose that he's got his feet hooked on. <laughs> I certainly hope so, because unless he's got something to hook his feet on on the other side, he'd just get pulled off the caboose. No, man, he's got, he's got some real strong thighs. 
<laughs> He's just got him just got him clenched around that. Yeah, that guy never skips leg day. Never. This is essentially the opposite of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom when they're in that room with the lowering ceiling and he's like, one thing's for sure, we're going to be a lot shorter. This instance, Blackfinger's going to be a lot taller yeah. once this is over because there is nothing holding that caboose onto the train except for him. Hey everyone, it's Rick in the editing booth. So, funny thing about what I just said. I actually got a few different Harrison Ford roles mixed up. It wasn't Indiana Jones in the descending ceiling with spikes room in Temple of Doom that I was thinking of. It was Han Solo in the original Star Wars movie, and he was in the trash compactor. And he wasn't saying anything about getting shorter. He was yelling about how they were going to be a lot thinner. So disregard what I just said. Imagine that I said the right thing talking about Star Wars and not Indiana Jones. I guess when you're Harrison Ford and you're that prolific of an actor, the roles just blend together. I guess you should be happy I didn't say something about Hunt for Red October or something like that. Anyway, back to the show. And this would not work. I don't care. <laughs> If there are handles, too heavy. you would be torn in half or let go. That's what I'm saying, that he should be torn in half. Even if miraculously on either end he could hang on, wouldn't he be torn in half? Yeah, like this is how they used to execute people with horses in the in medieval times. Essentially, he'd be quartered. Yeah. He'd be drawn and quartered. By a train. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds totally reasonable. Well, not if you're Blackfinger, but... <laughs> hey, he did this voluntarily. Meanwhile, his buddy was hit by this train. And didn't die. And didn't die. Maybe all of mm. Auntie's guards have some kind of supernatural powers. She's been doing experiments on him. <laughs> Someone has been performing experiments. Oh. Is it Dr. Dealgood? He's got doctor in his name. That means he's bad, right? <laughs> means, he's, means he's a mad we'll scientist. He's, like, he's the Dr. Doom equivalent or yeah. something like that. What yeah. we don't see is, is him like... Casting spells and casting putting electricity spells. through people just He's to see what happens. He's a scientist and a wizard? I mean, that's Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. Magic was just another science for Doom to conquer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he says about it at some point Probably. in the comics. That sounds like mm. a very Dr. Doom thing to say. I imagine if... Blackfinger was able to relax at all, which he's probably never been able to do. Clenching every muscle in his body to keep these things together. But if he was able to relax, he'd get that whole stretching sensation like in his back. Oh man, like this guy will never have to go to a chiropractor again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go to a chiropractor yeah. and you have to pay money to have them like stretch out your back. No like man, this. he's just discovered the secret. <laughs> just like <laughs> try to hold a train and a train car together at full speed. You know what this reminds well, me of? Well, Tina Turner yells at you. <laughs> this reminds me of that scene in Muppet Treasure Island where they have, the pirates have Gonzo, like, like on the rack, and then they just turn the things, but his arms and legs, because he's a Muppet, he just keeps getting mm -hmm. longer. Yeah. Oh, and he loves yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it so much. He loves it. Let's torture the rat. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's that? What's Poor the rat's Rizzo. name? Rizzo? Yeah. yeah. Poor Rizzo. Oh, this guy's just a Muppet. <laughs> you know it's funny you should mention that because the actor went on to be a presenter on a children's television education program oh my god that's amazing like australian sesame street <laughs> without the muppets that's fantastic so he was the muppet <laughs> perfect 
Now I just want Mad Max, but with Muppets. Yeah. Like, where's the where's the Muppets version of this? Muppets. Kermit gets oh. to be Max. <laughs> Miss Piggy gets to be Auntie. Fozzie is Master Blaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wouldn't want uh, Honeydew and Beaker as Master and Blaster? Oh, that's true. Or you Gonzo have and Rizzo. Bunsen Honeydew up in the little backpack. He's like, excellent work, Blaster. And Blaster <laughs> <is> like, <laughs> With attitude. Like Kermit knocks off his helmet and Beaker does that thing where he like shrinks uh, down into his collar and starts shaking. That just a means bit. No, 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 that Kermit means that makes Fozzie the humongous. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just making bad jokes every time he steps into frame. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just walk a walk a. Just walk a walk away. Into the horror. <laughs> just walk a walk away. Oh my god. <laughs> It's perfect. Oh. It's perfect. <laughs> it oh. really is. So great. Wearing the same outfit, the same chainmail. Oh, absolutely. Get up. I, I wouldn't feel- be surprised if she has actually worn something like that in like a sketch or a bit somewhere along the way. I'd feel bad for the puppeteer in that situation. You're really heavy. <laughs> this chainmail outfit was not light to begin with. No. Oh, the hair. Mm-hmm. So now that we're talking about Auntie again, she finally gets around the edge of the caboose to the little platform porch thing and just as savannah is about to get master from the caboose to the engine auntie grabs onto his leg and oh poor guy master spent all of this time packing that little bag of his and he drops it from auntie finally getting her hands on master we cut back to max in the cowhide car and he is rushing to catch up with the train and then he does a move that is just so cool. He blocks the accelerator, I'm assuming, leaps out of the driver's seat, runs along the front of the car, and then leaps onto the caboose. And he makes it look so effortless. He does. You think he blocks down the accelerator? Well, either that or he runs fast enough that the car can coast from him jumping out of the seat. That's kind of what I thought he did. Because he does it so fast and smooth, I just assumed he just... Went for it. Yeah, this is total Legolas type move here. <laughs> right? Yeah, it really. Just is. elf physics. Yeah, because as soon as you stood up to take a step like that, the physics would deny you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody denies Mad Max. You know, I shouldn't be surprised that he has elf like reflexes, considering that he said early in the movie that he is a fairy princess. Ha <laughs> ha. So it makes sense that fairy royalty would have elf-like physical abilities. Yeah, that's reasonable. It's just, you know, that, that old school fae magic. Yeah. That mm-hmm. He can do what he wants. He's a fairy princess. Oh. I wish he would have said that to Furiosa. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fairy princess. Like, Who are you? I'm a fairy princess. <laughs> be like, what's your name? I'm a fairy princess. <laughs> just, I just want to hear Tom Hardy say it. <laughs> I just want... An alternative universe where instead of going to Bree, the hobbits go to Barter Town and they sit down oh, in the no. corner of the Atomic Cafe and they see Max in the corner. <laughs> instead of Strider, it's Max. Yep. <laughs> Max is going to get them to Rivendell. <laughs> and they're going to get there faster because he's just going to drive them there. Yep. <laughs> but then the, the Nazgul have cars. The Nazgul also have cars. <laughs> they get cars in Barter Town. They show up to try to get them at a hotel in Barter Town. Oh, oh my god. They enlist the help of the humongous. <laughs> oh. And they're just trying to chase down these hobbits. 
And Max. So I'm pretty oh sure God. the Nazgul would totally have motorcycles. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. like motorcycles. One, the, one of them has a gyrocopter. They have to. Wraith <laughs> <laughs> Sun <on> Wings. Oh. <laughs> no, that's the second one. Oh, yeah, they come back on gyrocopters. <laughs> Can you imagine the Nazgul instead of the flowing robes? Like, they still have the hood that covers their face, but from, like, the neck down, it's motorcycle leathers. Black, of course. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so badass. It's, like, just the leather X and the leather Speedo, but then, like, big heavy metal boots and the Nazgul gauntlets <laughs> oh and the hood. God. I was picturing more, like, a vest and, like, pants. No. No. <laughs> Not like, <laughs> like leather actual speedo. leathers. But no, 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 no. We're talking like cups the humongous. And <laughs> just just like the humongous. They're just like, this guy's got a good sense See? of style. <laughs> well that wouldn't work because the Nazgul are like pasty, deathly white, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. No, just, that'd be they, horrifying. They'd be creeping everybody out. The beacons are lit. <laughs> yeah. They just they just need to space themselves appropriately. <laughs> If you look at them in the sun, it blinds you. It's part of their power. Oh, that would be so yeah. great. <laughs> but like, are they like, that's what they look like in, in the vision through the ring. But like under the robes, I imagine they're just a massive shadow. Yeah, they're just corpses, though. I don't even think they have real bodies. bodies. Oh, I see. Uh, as you know, my evidence for that would be the way the Witch King dies. So it's just ghosts riding motorcycles. <laughs> It's just, they're just shadows wearing the, like, bondage leather, like the humongous. <laughs> like the humongous. Oh. But with their same, like, boots and Nazgul gauntlets and hoods. Oh my. So they're on their motorcycles chasing Max, and he's got the Interceptor, and the Hobbits are all in the car. And then Virginia Hay, as the warrior woman, comes in as, like, Arwen, like, takes Frodo <laughs> on her car buggy thing and outruns them. Motorcycle with a sidecar? Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> with the bubble cover? Yeah, we'll make it the red one from the first movie. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Boom. Cut it. Print it. Someone edit me a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, now we have to download After Effects, try and get that working. Oh, man. You just, you know, you have them all sit down and breathe. And then there's a close up of just Max's eyes somewhere in one of these movies. Oh, yeah. There's got to be. And you just do that instead of the strider over the pipe thing. Oh, my God. In the first Make movie, there's work. a close-up of his eyes in the rearview mirror. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, perfect. You could have them get to Rivendell, and Max is like, you Man. have my shotgun so long as I have ammo. <laughs> Which I never will. <laughs> Man. But I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> like we were talking about we were just talking about like the Muppets and the way that Master gets lifted up and then lifted out of frame oh my god looks like something from the Muppet show <laughs> absolutely <laughs> because it's not natural at all <laughs> it looks like they just hoisted a puppet Max goes from the back of the caboose climbs up to the top runs across the top of the caboose and then as Auntie has Blaster in her arms she has him finally Auntie tells Blackfinger to let go. Blackfinger, I swear, it's not in the subtitles, but I swear Blackfinger says thank you as he's letting go. <laughs> and Auntie Entity says, I've got you now. It's all right. We're going home. Master loses his hat. And then Max plucks Master out of Auntie's arms, reaches down, grabs him around the collar and just lifts him straight up. It looks like she's got him by the belt. And, like, she picks him up like a trophy. Mm -hmm. And then he Max just reaches down and grabs him. Oh, my God. And he's just hoisted out of frame like a puppet. 
and then it cuts to Max, and he's like very clearly holding a doll. I really hope that's a doll. <laughs> oh, yes. I would really, really hope so. It looks like a doll. Angelo Rosito was super old. I do not want to imagine him being tucked under an arm and then carried like a football as Max jumps from the caboose to the engine. That is a very clearly like a Cabbage Patch kid in a gray tweed suit. <laughs> When I was getting ready to have you guys on, one of the attractive elements of this chunk of minutes was the fact that this is the closest we get to dwarf tossing <laughs> in the Mad Max series. They're playing dwarf ball. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're, like, there is a very, very similar shot in Fellowship where Gimli launches himself across the chasm <laughs> and, like, Then he gets caught by the him. beard. Yeah. Yep. And then in, in Helm's Deep, he says... It's too far. You'll have to toss right, me. Right, right. Just don't tell the elf. Don't tell the elf. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> like, Aragorn is, like, so happy to be doing this. <laughs> but, oh, poor... Poor master. You know, I, I keep saying poor master. I'm not totally sympathetic to him because I still remember everything that he did to Blaster. But just as far as, like, human dignity is concerned... <laughs> Angela Rosito has had to go through a lot filming this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's very clearly like a doll, though. Like, there's yeah. no way. And then I love Auntie's body language as the caboose just slows to a stop oh, on the train God. speeds up. It's like, you have got to be kidding me. It's reminiscent of like the old Inspector Gadget things where Claw was like, I'll get you next time, Gadget. Yeah. Auntie's <laughs> like, no, foiled again. Right? Like, I expect her to be, like, clutching her fist and shaking it at the sky. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, anytime Tina Turner's on screen, we're always looking at Tina Turner. But if you look down to the bottom of the caboose, Blackfinger is there, and he's flailing his arms. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, like he's trying to get the handles back. Oh, it's like... <laughs> It's too late, buddy. You're done. Well, I think that he is trying to keep his balance so that he doesn't fall <laughs> off onto the tracks and then immediately get run over by the caboose. No, he thinks if he paddles his arms hard enough, he can get the caboose going quicker. <laughs> <laughs> trying to swim through the air. I mean, yeah, he's superhumanly strong. Right? Like, that's something Superman could do, right? Just, like, paddle Probably. his arms fast enough to, like, Superman propel something. Superman can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, like, everything is fine. Everything's fine. And then that kabuki mask comes in the frame. <laughs> I, I don't understand why Ironbar goes straight to the back of the engine. He's clinging to the cow catcher and then decides to completely skip the cab where an injured pig killer and two children are sitting. And instead, he climbs to the back of the engine in order to grab it, Master. Maybe he was starting to climb up and saw that Max had gotten to the top of this thing and was just like, oh, no, I'm going to go kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Bar is such a dog chasing a car. He just doesn't know. He's going after Master, but he really doesn't know what he's going to do once he gets there. <laughs> I'm going to stab it with a harpoon. And then, <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to climb on it. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. Profit. <laughs> I just can't help but think that all Iron Bar had to do was get into the cab of the train and hit the brake. Yeah, and stop the train. Yeah. Right? Like, what are these two kids and a man stuck to the door going to do? <laughs> a whole lot of nothing, I assume. He's just going to, like, throw the kids out of the train. Imagine if he had tried to get into the cab and he had opened the door and either it would have pulled Pig Killer out and dumped him 
on the ground. <laughs> or he's hanging there. <laughs> or it would have just ripped that arrow back through his leg. Oh, God. No, 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 no. He's just hanging there on the door. Oh, oh no. Like oh. upside down. That is so worse leg. than anything else. Just like... Still not screaming, still just looking at it like, oh, God, why? <laughs> just staring at it. I know this is a bad situation, but I'm not exactly sure how to react to it. George, like, I need direction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still can't believe that there's not like a scream there. Yeah. Just harpoon and door. Harpoon guy and leg. Guy looks down. Oh, look at that. Cut to harpoon and leg. Cut back to guy like, okay. <laughs> Cut away to an office-style confessional cam, and he's like, honestly, I didn't really wake up that morning thinking I'd get impaled. It's just, you know, days can be fun. You know, I hadn't had my coffee yet, so I really just couldn't react to that appropriately. <laughs> but I really wasn't ready for what was going to happen next. I'm really looking forward to next Wednesday, because that's when the whole harpoon situation is resolved, and it's a light, funny little moment. Really enjoy it. <laughs> Just, this kabuki mask is unharmed. That is very suspicious. It really is. Something's wrong. <laughs> With a capital W. Yeah. W <laughs> capital W R O N G. <laughs> All five letters. Bold. <laughs> What's that saying? Something's wrong in the state of Texas? <laughs> Something's rotten in the state of Denmark. Okay. <laughs> wow, well, that was so wrong. <laughs> something is something is amiss in the state of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> is that from it's from hamlet which mel gibson was hamlet mm -hmm. right yes he was oh, yeah God. have you not seen that no. oh my god I? <laughs> I prefer the I kenneth branagh version i don't want mm. to hamlet's my favorite <laughs> is the mel, Gab mel gibson hamlet who else is in that um i haven't seen that in a long time uh isn't Ange isn't angelina jolie in that what? <laughs> well, I don't want to say that because it's Mel Gibson as Hamlet, Glenn Close as Gertrude. Glenn Close. Alan Bates is Claudius. Paul Schofield is King Hamlet, dead King oh Hamlet. Oh my gosh. We got Ian Holm as Polonius. Okay, so now we gotta because it's, it's the Mad Max and Lord of the Rings crossover Hamlet. <laughs> right? <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter is Ophelia. So there's your Harry Potter. Weird. You could make it a whole dueling genre thing. Oh my God. Do a review. Stephen Delane is Horatio, who hmm. he may not sound familiar, but he played Stannis in Game of Thrones. Okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. Who's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? I'm mildly curious now. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are played by Michael Maloney and Sean Murray. Don't know who that is. Yeah, it's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to watch a version of Hamlet, definitely go with the Kenneth Branagh version. My go-to version of Hamlet is the David Tennant version with um, Patrick Stewart as Claudius, because it is so good. It's hard to compete with Patrick Stewart. Mm. Right. And David Tennant, for that matter. I yeah. mean, he's Patrick Stewart could play every character in Hamlet. <laughs> and he should. <laughs> yeah, the Branagh version is obviously Branagh plays Hamlet. Derek Jacoby is Claudius. Ooh, Julie that's Christie too. is Gertrude. Mm. Richard Briers as Polonius. Kate Winslet is Ophelia in that one. Okay. Michael Maloney is Laertes in that one. Nicholas Farrell as Horatio. Rufus Sewell as Fortinbras. And then the supporting characters is where it gets really interesting because Robin Williams is Osric. What? Gerard Depardieu is Reynaldo. <laughs> Um, Jack Lemon is Marcellus. Brian huh. Blessed as the ghost of Hamlet's father. All right. 
All right, we're watching this right now. <laughs> okay. Pause recording. We're watching this. <laughs> the first grave digger is played by Billy freaking Crystal. Oh my gosh. The funniest grave digger that ever was. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Who are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern in that one? Why are you so obsessed with I just want to know because. <laughs> hey, man. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are played by Timothy Spall and Reese Dinsdale. Timothy Spall? Yeah, that's a uh, worm. Wormtail. Wormtail. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. So there's another connection to Harry Potter. <laughs> yes. Judy Dench plays Hecuba. In the little player, uh, oh, little yeah, play the thing, little play. Yeah. the flashback during the Player King speech. That's amazing. The Player nice. King is played by Charlton Heston. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Kenneth Branagh called in every favor he ever had. Yeah. It's like a Billy Crystal. Hey, man. You want to be in Hamlet? You want to be in Hamlet? <laughs> okay. The Player Queen opposite Charlton Heston is Rosemary Harris, a.k.a. Aunt May from the Spider-Man movies. Oh my god. Yeah. And at the very end of Hamlet, when the English ambassador shows up, he's played by Sir Richard Attenborough. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Cameos forever. (laughs) Like, Kenneth Branagh just knows everybody. Well, yeah. Yeah. He's Kenneth Branagh. Now buckle up, because it is 242 minutes long. It is complete text version of the play. The only, the only Shakespeare play. Minutes, I think that is shorter than Return of the King. So I think we'll be I, good. I think, I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are so many play. versions of Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Too many to count. So many. I'm pretty sure I've seen an adaptation that takes place in a convenience store. What? what? Really? Which I could not I could not even begin to tell you. <laughs> okay. About. Huh. I just remember like being shown it. In, like, a summer camp for, like, theater kids. This is Hamlet Minute. (laughs) Hamlet Minute. (laughs) One thing about the Branagh version is that the sets are amazing. It's set not in, like, old drafty castle. It's, like, opulent... Oh, turn cool. of the century mansion style castle. I had to it's check that out. <laughs> awesome. So cool. Here at the end of minute 90, we've just got Iron Bar holding on to Master. As you do. <laughs> he's screaming and wailing as he's holding on to this tiny man. Of course, the children are holding on to Master, not letting him go. It's this little epic game of tug of war. Yeah, maybe he's indestructible, but he still feels pain, and that's why he screams so much. <laughs> Oh, that would explain so much. That's the worst superpower ever. Yeah. Like, it does not physically hurt you, but you still feel it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because the mask feeds on pain. (laughs) Yeah, that's its power source. Like, you need to feel this pain or I can't keep you alive, so... (laughs) You want to try to bypass some rules? Well, this is what you're going to live with. Oh, God. Oh, that does not sound worth it to me. No. You can get hit by a car. And you'll be fine. No scratches, no bruises, no broken bones. But you will feel everything, and but that it's gonna sounds feel like, the worst. like you have all those broken bones for at least as long as it would take them to naturally heal. Are you ready to make this deal? And Iron Bar's like, "But I'll never die." You got yourself a deal, creepy mask. <laughs> creepy mask. <laughs> oh, I love this headcanon that we've cultivated over this week mm-hmm, about Iron good. Bar. <laughs> and he just calls it creepy mask. He's just like, it's just like I, it, it like rattles off this name to him, and it's just like creepy mask. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm not going to say your name. If I say your name, you're going to have power over me, creepy mask. Right? You shall have none. (laughs) I deny you. 
Speaking of mystical objects that have power over their wielders, do you guys want to tell everybody about the show that you do? Yeah, it's like this, but longer. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We're on uh, two towers right now, and I'm not sure when this episode is dropping, so I'm not sure when in the movie we'll be. (laughs) You're still in two towers. This drops on November 2nd. Oh, well, we we will be at the end of Two Towers. We'll be okay. very nearly done. <laughs> yes. By the time listeners hear this. <laughs> yes. You know, some 210 minutes into our movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it, it, it'll be nice to, I don't know, it must be nice to have a movie that's less than 100 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so many movies by minutes have started and Come finished. Come and gone, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Before we are done, one movie. <laughs> And you've still got another one to go. Yes, the longest. (laughs) Well, definitely go check out Lord of the Rings Minute if you want a series that is longstanding as well as so much more to come. Really good listen. Oh, thank you. As for us, we are going to be back on Monday. Max is going to leap into action to save Master from Iron Bar's Iron Grip, kicking him out onto a flimsy hanging pipe. And despite his inhuman ability to hang on to that pipe, Iron Bar is going to find that staying in his position will be a little bit tougher than he probably originally thought, especially once Skyfish starts working at him. Deals with cursed objects are usually negative in nature. (laughs) (laughs) So come on back on Monday. We'll see you then. The Mad Max Minute Podcast is a fan project by Rick and Julia Ingham. Mad Max Franchise was created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, is presented by Kennedy Miller Mitchell Productions, and distributed by Warner Brothers. Mad Max Minute is produced and edited by Rick Ingham. Our opening music is Verdi's Dies Irae by Daniel Batista of DanielBatista.com. And our outro music is We Don't Need Another Hero by MilitiaVox of MilitiaVox.com. Our home on the internet is MadMaxMinute.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MadMaxMinute, like us on Facebook by searching for Mad Max Minute, and join our Facebook listener group, Mad Max Minute Beyond Microphone. If you'd like to support the podcast, visit MadMaxMinute.com where you can check out our Tee Public storefront by clicking the store link join our Patreon by clicking the support link, or make a one-time donation by clicking the donate link. Thank you for joining us for Minute 90 of Beyond Thunderdome. We will see you next time. Over!